Agents Podcast. Welcome to the Lab Code Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Lab Code Agents Marketing Center. The LCA Marketing Center is designed specifically for the real estate world. It's a design center for marketing that has templates created so you can just plug and play. From flyers, postcards, buyer presentations to open house signs and Instagram posts. Check it out for free for seven days at lcamarketingcenter.com. Welcome to this week's episode of the Lab Code Agents Podcast, where we had the opportunity to interview Erin Bradley, author of Pursuing Freedom. Her story from rags to riches provides lots of easy to duplicate success strategies for those who like to serve and build referrals. Aaron's energy is infectious. So let's get started. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lab Code Agents podcast. And today I am very excited to bring on a guest who I have gotten to know very recently. Uh, I, I have to admit, I stalked this woman from a podcast that I listened to about a year and a half ago and did a little bit of homework, loved what I heard from her. We've circled back somehow. I'm not even sure how that ended up happening, but we did, and we can maybe talk about that uh, recently and connected on her podcast. I'm talking about the author of the book, Pursuing Freedom, which is also a podcast where she is teaching you real estate professionals how to increase referrals and have more fun doing it. Don't we all want to do that? Welcome to the show, Aaron Bradley. Well, thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me on today. And uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Hopefully, we can bring you a bit of value here today. I have have no doubt. I have no doubt. So you are out of Winter Park, Colorado, just outside of the Denver area. You're in Denver today, actually, when we're recording this. And so let's start with this. Let's let's tell the listener a little bit about yourself, how you got started in the business. You have kind of a rags to riches, you were broke story. So let's start with that. Okay. So it's kind of a fun one. Um, I always call it the little story about the free-spirited, 26-year-old hippie uh, coming off of making $900 a month teaching English in Barcelona illegally for a couple of years, like cash under the table. And I had that whole, like, I don't need money to be happy philosophy. Like, I only need enough to get by, right? Which is cool until your friends are getting married and you need to get plane tickets and hotel rooms and the ridiculous bridesmaids dresses and all that kind of stuff. And so the bottom line is that I went 100% commission in 2007 and great timing, by the way, in the industry, right? To jump in. And by the summer of 2008, I was so broke. I was completely maxed out on credit cards. I was probably about 35 grand in credit card debt. I got a referral for a client and I was meeting him at Starbucks five miles from my house. And no joke, I didn't have enough money for gas. So I rode my bike to this client meeting and I tried to wear something that was like professional enough to rock on a bicycle, but you know, not like get my skirt caught up in the wheels. So um, I got there early intentionally so that I could, you know, like wipe the sweat off my brow before the client walks in. And I, I'm at the counter ordering my coffee and the friggin' client comes in right as my card is being declined for a $2 cup of coffee. And he's like, Oh, are you Aaron? And I'm like, hi, hey, good to see you. And I honestly, God, had, I didn't know which of my credit cards had $2 on it for just 
a tall black coffee from Starbucks. And so I lied. I just said, this is all I have. This is, my, this is so strange. It's my debit card. I got to call the bank, right? So anyway, the, the client cop, like, bought my cup of coffee. And I always joke that I was at my financial rock bottom, but it wasn't that bad because I still had a bike. So from there, I just realized that like, this wasn't working, obviously. I was a year into the business and I, it wasn't working. I was struggling. All the traditional sales strategies that people were giving me make the calls, do the notes, see the people. I just hated sales. I hated being seen as salesy. I didn't want to bother my friends and family. Half my friends and family didn't even know what I did for a living because I was like embarrassed to be a salesperson. It's ridiculous. But at the end of the day, what I feel about most people in our industry is that we all get in this business because we truly feel connected to serving others, right? Obviously, there's great financial opportunity in this business. But for the most part, most of the folks I meet are service-oriented. We really want to help people but we struggle with this disconnect between wanting to help people and getting found because we don't want to be perceived as salesy. And so I finally invested more, opened another credit card, hired a business coach. And because I want to get good grades, I started doing the work and forcing out of my comfort zone and making the calls. And I found that I started to get some traction. And so from 2009 to 2011, I was kind of muddling along. I mean, I was doing a good amount of business, you know, to be sustainable, not necessarily significant, but I was getting by and it was fine. And, you know, I got the debt paid off and all that kind of stuff. And, but it was still kind of just cruising along. And then we had a baby, my husband quit his job for a year to go to grad school. And next thing you know, 2011, we're 35 grand in debt again, basically the amount of his teacher salary that we lost. So we obviously didn't adjust our spending, but we did add a person. So who knows? Anyway, point is that here I was financially broke again and super frustrated. And at that time, someone gave me the book, The Go-Giver. Actually, I think our mutual friend, you and Graham. And I read The, the Go-Giver and I realized that, okay, it's enough. To serve is enough. You just have to have a message that is of value so that you can actually be in communication with your target market in a way that feels good and you're giving value and you're having fun. And um, that's around the time that I developed the strategy that ultimately more than doubled my business from 2011 to 2012, went on to build a team, more than doubled it again in 2015, on track to do the best year ever again in 2019. The bottom line is that the strategy I outline in Pursuing Freedom is this idea that because you need to be calling your friends and family and past clients... But you don't want to call them and say, oh, by the way, if you know someone who is a real estate agent, I'm your guy, because that's painful and it feels self-serving, that if you can find a message that gets you excited to pick up the phone and share that message, whatever it might be, in my case, I decided to build a referral directory of trusted local service providers. So before you get into the, the goods yeah. here, I have, there's a couple of things I, you, you just gave me a lot. And so Sorry. I, 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 I no. want to rewind, I want to rewind a couple of things. It's, it's extremely important, I think, for everybody listening to this, because uh, listen, we're, we're both in the real estate field and a lot of real estate agents get into the industry for what I would consider not necessarily the right reasons. Like maybe it's convenience, maybe it's because you can control your schedule. Uh, you know, they don't, get into it because they actually are pursuing a career or look at themselves as a salesperson. And whether you, however you slice it, you're all salespeople. You just got to realize what you're selling. You're not selling a car. You're not selling a tangible product. You're selling yourself. And if you understand that and you listen to the advice that people like Aaron Bradley give you, you will grow your business hands down. So I wanted to say that too. 
you mentioned that when you were broke, I don't remember what point this was, but it was shortly after the cup of coffee uh, that you couldn't afford. You hired a coach. Uh, okay, I can't get a moderately successful person to hire a coach. What is your feedback on that? Because we talk about through Lab Code Agents all the time about the importance of surrounding yourself with successful people and going to events, which is another topic, but also hiring a coach. So what, what would you say to someone who just feels like they can't afford it? Because clearly you couldn't afford it, but yet you did it. Oh yeah, I mean, I honestly, I'm, I'm pretty stubborn. So if you're listening and you're feeling stuck and you know that you could be good at this, but you're struggling and it doesn't matter whether you're three months in or you're three years in, we could be struggling at any stage in this business and have to be reinventing ourselves constantly to stay in the game and stay sharp and be moving in the right direction. There's nothing more valuable than coaching and accountability. And I didn't have a coach up until 2009 and I have never not had a coach since. So I have had a coach always for the last 10 years and I'm seeking mentors and coaches and I will pay whatever amount of money I need to, if I feel they have the wisdom that's going to change my life. And that's varied at different times. So in the beginning, it was fear of sales. How do I overcome this fear of sales? How do I get out there and be in front of people? Then it was, oh my God, I more than doubled my business twice. I have two little kids. I'm working 24 seven. I'm burning out. How do I scale my business? And I invested for three years with an amazing coaching company to help me scale my business. Then it was, I need to make this big transition from producing to being a coach and building this podcast and helping as many people as I possibly can. I needed a life coach, honestly, to help me navigate the emotional attachment of transitioning roles and responsibilities. So yes, find a coach at the very least. If you can't afford it, seek out the top producers in your office, offer to pay for lunch, take them out, hang out with people that are ahead of you in the game. There's nothing more valuable than seeking out the guidance of people that have gone before you. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And you just, you hit it on the nose too. A, you probably should invest in it, but even if you can't, let's just say you just cannot afford it. There are so many opportunities and so many avenues that you could go to find what you need in terms of guidance. Um, and I love that. I think that was very important to point out. So now let's fast forward to where you are today or no, I'm sorry. What led you to where you are today, which is the goodies here. So you really, uh, you executed on something that you now teach uh, that elevated your business. So give it to us. Yeah. So basically what ended up happening was I, I realized I need to be in touch with people. That's what they're telling me to do. That's what all the coaches are telling you to do is make the calls, write the notes and see the people. And I just felt like I haven't mentioned, but actually I, I started in this business as a mortgage lender. And so it's like, Nobody cares about interest rates unless they need a mortgage. Nobody really cares about mortgage loans. They're not sexy. Unlike houses, which are cool to look at, there's nothing sexy about mortgages, right? I and resent so, that. I'm very <laughs> sexy, damn it. <laughs> oh my God, totally. So uh, we are, we are, Jeff, but you know. <laughs> um, in, in our own minds, in our uh, own minds. Totally. So anyway, I was like, well, what can I do to be a value? And so I had this idea that if people thought of me when they needed anything, health and wellness, financial services, contractors for projects around the house, you name it. If they thought of me as what's now the outdated yellow pages, then they would certainly think of me when they needed a mortgage or when they heard someone who needed a mortgage. And this is very similar to what we talked about when you were on my show using Facebook to be and social media and video 
to be constantly providing content valuable in front of people so that you're just simply top of mind. That's all there is to it. And so I use this idea of, I, and you can find all these resources on my website, by the way, which is pursuingfreedom.com. You can go and you can print off this piece of paper. It has a list of businesses, just simply says acupuncture, accountant, general contractor, dentist, you name it. And you print it off and you put it on your desk. And I had made it my mission that I would fill that list with people that I know, like, and trust to refer business to. And in order to build that list, I called all my friends and family and said, hey, because you're a chiropractor, you might know a good massage therapist. And because you're a financial advisor, you might know a good accountant. It doesn't matter if you call every single person you know and ask them who their accountant is and do they love them because you need a CPA for your referral directory. As long as you use the script that says, hey, part of my business plan as a real estate agent is I want to be a resource above and beyond just being your realtor. So you very casually mention that you're a real estate agent, remind them and the expectation that when they need you, you're the guy, right? And so, but I want to be a resource above and beyond just being your realtor. And so I'm building this referral directory of trusted local service providers so that I can be a resource to you whenever you need anything, you're going to think of me. And so I was wondering, since you are in such and such line of work, you might know a good blah, blah, blah. And then they either say yes or no. And then you take that content information down or they send it to you or whatever. And you start filling in the list. There's more work beyond that. But in this process, guess what you just did? You just made 50 sales calls. It just didn't feel like sales because you weren't calling to get a deal, which is what makes us freeze up to begin with. You were calling to get a suggestion for someone who deserves to be honored and helped and be part of your referral directory. And then in the process, obviously you small talk a little bit, find out what's going on in their life and then dig. So if you've ever read the seven levels of communication by Michael, Michael Mayer, yeah, Mayer. Right. so in his book, it's a great book, by the way, for all realtors, he talks about finding an action item that you should always leave every meeting and phone call with an action item, find out something in their personal life, find out a problem that they're trying to solve. Maybe it's something that they're celebrating. Is there a baby on the way, an engagement, someone's in the hospital, a broken bone, a new job, their water heater broke, they're remodeling their basement, whatever. You can always find something going on with someone's life so that you can leave that call and now you know who you're writing your handwritten note to. And in that handwritten note, proactively be referring someone who can help them with that thing. You're expecting a baby. I love my pediatrician. You're going back to work. Do you need recommendations for local daycares? You name it, right? There's no limit to how you can give value to every person you meet if you're simply paying attention and you're seeking the action item. So you just have to shift your brain to curiosity. Take the agenda of sell of selling and getting a deal out of the phone call and shift it to curiosity about every person you meet, what's going on in their lives, dig a little deeper, find the action item, follow up. Because then you're demonstrating you are the resource. You are the guy that's got a guy for everything. And I used to say, and if you need a mortgage, I'm like, if you need a mortgage, I got a guy. I'm the guy. <laughs> Even though, like, just because it would make people laugh. But. Well, you, you've got you've to dabble that in there. And there's two, I think, uh, here's what I hear, you know, I'm hearing you say, like, this isn't rocket science, right? Yeah. I think every realtor knows, and I think most of them are brought up in the business to say, hey, at the closing table, you should be handing them that list of, of people that they might end up needing to use, a plumber, an electrician, a, a carpenter, et cetera, right? Everything. But you've just taken that, 
that uh, game, you know, that that execution piece and spun it into a, a different way of using it, which is really smart because this also leads into like communication 101. When you're talking to potential clients and referral partners, the biggest mistake that I find that humans make in general is they want to talk about themselves. And clearly what you're saying is this is all coming from contribution, number one. You're giving, hey, I need a referral partner. I want to refer you business. This isn't about me, me, me. This isn't about Aaron. This is about you. And then after you get past that, you're just digging deeper, asking them questions about their business, about their life, which everybody loves to talk about themselves. And so then the conversation becomes natural and you're building a relationship. This is all like one-on-one stuff, yet I doubt hardly anybody's doing exactly what you're doing. It's, all, it's brilliant. So that, that's step one, right? Is that you call your database and you start filling the list. And I'll tell you right now, I will guarantee you, I will pay you money if you do this and you make 50 calls to your database asking them, who they use to file their taxes and do they love them? And then you have a small talk, you find an action item, you follow up with a handwritten note or a text message of a referral or whatever. And you do this and you don't get leads. You don't start getting referrals coming in from God knows where it comes from the, not from the call. This is the, this is the key is that you're not calling to get a referral. You're calling to truly provide value. Make sure they know that your intention is to provide value. And then you're going to find an action item so that you can demonstrate your, intention to provide value. What happens then is you go to the grocery store and somebody bumps into you and they're like, Hey, you're a realtor, right? I need to sell my house. It just happens. It works because you're operating from a place of authenticity, passion, and you're magnetic. So the next time you go to the grocery store, you're on this high because you're in this like service oriented mindset, which makes you attractive. You're then attracting the people to you. Like we all talk about attraction marketing. It's just a way to get into activity and have fun doing it, enjoy it, and take the agenda out of it, and then watch what happens to your business. It will explode. And then the second level is you've got this list of business owners. You're not going to blindly refer business to people you've never met. So now you need to go start meeting those business owners and vetting them. And you're going to know, honestly, over the phone, you'll know probably within two seconds if this person belongs in your tribe or not. And so you're looking to build your tribe. But the big thing that I see so many real estate agents miss is that there's people listening right now that are like, yeah, I refer business all the time and I don't get any referrals in in return. I send deals out all the time. I refer my contractors. I refer my lenders, my title company. Nobody refers me business back. The thing is where I see too many people missing the boat is that you're not developing a relationship with those business owners you're sending business to. It's this one-way street and it could be so much more. So you mentioned giving out the business cards at closing, and that's exactly what we did. We built, we would fill a business card binder with business cards with the realtor at the top of the, and then the lender. And then if we referred the insurance agent, right? So when you open the book, every time they open the book to go look for someone, because you're training them to think of you when they need anything, they're going to see you every time. And what you do is you flip through the book and say, here's all the people I know, like, and trust. If you need a referral for someone, you can't find them in this book. You reach out to me. I'll, I'll find it for you. But then you go, you have to go meet those business owners to get a stack of their business cards. While you're at that meeting, find an action item, go deeper. How did you become self-employed? When did you become self-employed? What was your journey? Like, what are your goals? What are your challenges? What are your roadblocks? What are your fears, right? All entrepreneurs have the same fears, challenges, setbacks, ups and downs and goals and everything else. We all want 
freedom and flexibility and we struggle and that life is real, right? So go deeper with these business owners and then find an action item and recommend a business book or send them a referral for someone that they could hire to be an assistant or be a resource to those people. Now you've added these, what I call these people that are in my tribe or the people I refer business to, my village or the people I serve, my database. Well, all my tribe members became part of my village. They all used me. Over time, they all became my clients because it was the first time that it became a two-way street, that we actually went deep with a human being on the other side of the referral that I'm sending business to. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 that's amazing. So that's that's number two is, is going to meet them. Is there a number three? Number three is now you've got this tribe list, right? And the thing is, that's a living document. People go out of business, people drop the ball. Anytime you're feeling a lull in your business, you can start this process all over again and start calling all your database, past clients, friends and family and say, hey, I have some gaps in my referral directory. I don't know if you know this, but I may not have mentioned it, but I always have a referral directory of trusted local service provider, blah, blah, blah. So you can always be working this process. It's a never ending process that keeps you engaged in a way that's giving value. Then the third step is market market your yellow pages. So every time you go for coffee with somebody, quick video, quick photo. Hey, if you need a good financial planner, this dude is amazing. He's changed my life. Hey, this is my handyman. I love this guy. He's amazing. I'm with my lender. She's the best, blah, blah, blah. And now you're showing up on their feed, right? You're tagging them and you're showing up in their community. You can have client appreciation events. Invite all the people that are part of your tribe, all your vendors and people that you refer business to and make those connections in person. Hey, pregnant lady, this is my pediatrician. No joke. I mean, this is not just about painters and electricians and plumbers. This is about solving problems. People have issues all day long, positive and negative. You can, we, one thing we did was a monthly mailer and every month I would send a mailer with someone else's business card. Not, not mine. Like who wants 50 of my business cards? Nobody. So I was always introducing, it was like proactive, like shoving it down their, their throat. I've got a guy for everything. You have to train them. Next thing you know, people are texting you. Hey, do you know a good blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, if I don't know, I'm going to get to make more calls. And that puts me in activity. It's a snowball effect for activity. The biggest roadblock between someone who is not hitting their volume goals and getting to their volume goals is simply activity. It's activity. And the biggest thing, the hurdle that they have is, well, what am I going to say? Well, there you go. And it doesn't have to be the yellow pages. There's other ways to go about this. You could be having an event about a wine tasting and you love wine. So that gets you excited. It's just like what you said with video. You can use video to be yourself. You can use the phone to do the same. If you're going to make your sales calls, make it about anything other than getting a deal and then you'll have more fun doing it. And then your business will grow magnetically. It's the whole digital mayor strategy. It's and and this is a very this is the simplest form of it, but she hits it on the head, Aaron. It's, it's it's so money because that's like a social media strategy for growing your SOI. If you take the opportunity to one execute this in the barest form, which means you just grow this massive list of of people that you're going to refer to, you're going to learn about, right? You're going to build relationships with, but then when you're meeting with them, you're creating media and you're tagging them because the post and the video is a hundred percent about them and promoting them. So that video is going to get a whole hell of a lot of views on their social media pages. They're going to share it. 
And guess what you're doing? You're just becoming that mayor, that person who everybody sees consistently. And let's just be honest, the more they see you, the more they're going to remember you, the more they're going to think of you whenever they need, when they have real estate needs or whatever it is you're selling, it doesn't even matter. Uh, but what I wanted to, I wanted to ask you something, you and I talked off the air a little bit about your own personal recent struggles. And you mentioned this, like this is perpetual. You can pull this out. It's not like a one-time thing. You can pull this out when you need it. And I thought this story was awesome because it was recent. It was this, it was this year, right? Was it 2019? Mm -hmm. So tell, tell the story of, of the struggles that you just recently were having and how you pulled this back out and what it did. Yeah. So I just think this is really important because we used this strategy in 2011, more than doubled the business in 2012, kind of stayed there at that 18 to 20 million for a couple years. And then in 2014, I was like, you know what? I want to take it to the next level. I need to be able to build a team. We're going to increase our volume. So I kind of went sniper rifle with this strategy and took the business from like 20 million to almost 40 million in 15. And then was like burning out, drowning, building a team, scaling, et cetera, for the next couple of years. And then in 2018, I was, I was like, I really want to start this podcast. I want to start helping people through podcasting. So we started the Pursuing Freedom podcast, built the website. And honestly, I took my eye off the ball. I kind of let the reins go to my team. And I wasn't really paying attention to my business. And my volume dipped for the first time in a while. And at the end of the year, I was probably overstaffed. Uh, my PL was in the red. I, I started 2019 really stressed out. And I want to share this story because I feel like it, people need to know that there's going to be ups and downs. And almost to tell the story, to make you unafraid of those shifts in your business. So don't be afraid of your business slowing down. You're never going to go out of business as long as you continue to implement a strategy that feels natural and authentic to you. So January, February, I mean, we had our slowest month that we had in ages, three closings in January, three in February. And I was freaking out. I mean, I started the year with a lot of anxiety and stress and I was determined to turn it around and make sure to keep everybody employed kind of thing. So I decided to pick up my yellow pages strategy once again. I printed out the list, I put it on my desk and I started calling all my January closings in January for the past five years, even if I hadn't talked to them in years. I didn't even know if some of them had moved at this point. I mean, it was like tail between my legs. I can't believe I haven't talked to you in three years. I'm so embarrassed. It's been a crazy couple of years. I hope you're doing awesome, whatever. And by the way, I'm working on my referral directory for 2019. And I'm wondering if you know a good blah, 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 because I have a gap in my referral directory for a good whatever. Okay. So I'm making the calls. And in February, I called all the February closings of the past five years. And we did three in January, three in February, nine in March, 12 in April. We didn't have a great month in May, but in June, I hit 17 closings in one month. And that was my big goal for the year was to hit 15 in one month. So from January to June, we went from three closings to 17 closings by using the strategy again. So my point is wherever you are in your business today has no bearing on where you could be in three months. I mean, we went from three in January to nine in March. And you can call it seasonality, you can call it the market, or you can call it whatever you want. I was head down, all out, all in on this strategy and just as an experiment to see what would happen. And we've been closing 12 to 15 a month ever since. So it works. So at any time in your business, I'm 13 years into the business, I, you can use this strategy again and again and again. And again, 
if somebody wants to copy the yellow pages strategy, that's great. But there's other ways to do this. You have a message. For me, my message is I feel alive when I'm helping other people grow their business. So I'm most alive watching my vendors close more business as a result of their relationship with me. And I'm, I love solving problems for my friends and family and clients. So that fuels me. And you can tell because I'm all high energy now. I'm fired up about it. But if that doesn't fire you up, find something that fires you up. And anytime you need to fire up your business, get fired up about that. Get fired up about the thing you actually care about, not about getting more deals. That's where we all get stuck and we freeze up and we struggle. So... I love it. I love it. And and by the way, folks, uh, and I've intentionally left this little detail out. Aaron actually still is in the mortgage business. And you know, this is a lab code agents is, is 99% directed towards realtors, right? Uh, I'm in the mortgage business. I, a lot of people don't even realize that. And I say it all the time, but they probably still don't see it because I don't throw it in your face. I don't talk mortgage because that's boring. You said it earlier. It's boring. <laughs> it, it is. It's nobody, yeah. nobody gives a crap about what rates are doing. They don't care what guidelines are doing. They don't care what, how FHA has changed their guidelines. But what the message that you bring is so valuable to the real estate industry. That's why I wanted to have you on because, again, you're like my sister from another mother. We, we execute the same strategies just in different ways, but it's so powerful. And we are, we are having a lot of success because of that, because of what we're delivering to our real estate partners. And this is all so parallel. I mean, I speak in rooms. The only time I almost ever speak is in real estate rooms to realtors. Why? Mm -hmm. Because my message is, is parallel. It's ex exactly what they need to hear. And frankly, I think the industry likes to hear from people like you and I because they're not threatened by us. We're not with a certain brand. We're agnostic. Lab Coats is brand agnostic, but but they're not threatened. I'm not there to recruit your realtor. And so I think it's important, and I say that with a little bit of passion, because I think that uh, you know a lot of outside, there's this food chain in our industry, and I'm digressing and kind of going on a tangent here, but I think that mortgage people are looked at like they're lower, like they're beneath. And, and I think, uh, and I'm, I'm saying this now at this point in the podcast, because I know that anybody who's made it this far has gained a bunch of nuggets from you. This has been a great message. And I want people to hear that, hey, guess what? Like your coach probably hasn't sold a home in 10 years. And so, you know, find your people and people like Aaron Bradley are, are just absolutely crushing the industry and her strategy is, is, is so diverse and so usable across really any sales industry uh, that, that I, you know, again, I just, I wanted to kind of pump you up a little bit and, and make people realize that, hey, it's not a nasty word to say, oh, hey, I'm interviewing Erin Bradley today. She's in the mortgage business. Click. I'm not going to listen anymore. You know, so, so broaden, your, broaden your horizons, broaden your, broaden your mindset. Well, one thing I would recommend too, to the realtors that are listening, and it was the same thing when you were on my show, is that share this with your lender. Because what the biggest issue I see in the lending world, and more so than ever last year, when rates started to go up and the refi business started to dry up, how many realtors were getting cold called left and right by lenders saying, I heard you're awesome, I want to take you for coffee because they've been doing refi business for 10 years and now they were desperate, the business was drying up and they needed to figure out how to find purchase business. And they came with these dreadful scripts that are being taught across the industry, the advice to, to lenders is just painful, right? Literally, cold call 30 agents for 12 weeks until they don't call you back and then you can delete them. I mean, that is a nightmare. Instead, why don't you share this with your lenders and teach them 
that they also can do their own database marketing and grow the business by referral in order to keep the two of you in front of the client when you aren't doing it as consistently as you might like to. The other mission we had in January, which is another side effect of this experiment, which was interesting, was that I realized that in 2018. I watched what was happening in the market and I thought to myself, how can I as a lender give more value to realtor partners? I know that 95% of my realtor partners would admit they're not consistent with their past client follow-up. So I said, here's what we're going to do. Not only are we going to be consistent with calling the January closings in January and the February and February and every other month, right? But in the process, we're also mentioning that real estate agent's name. Hey, I just bumped into um, Jack the other day and your name came up and we just want to check in and see how things are going. It's we, 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 right? And in that process, I thought to myself, why don't I as a lender take take, take the wheel of my own business? Why am I waiting for realtors to do all the heavy lifting and then hopefully they pass the deal to me, right? That's how the lending world is being trained to operate. And so I said to myself, I'm going to take the wheel. My goal is that, I want to have 15 closings and I want five of them, so 33%, to be repeat and referral from past client. So at the end of January, I looked at our numbers, how many referrals that we received in January, we were at about 22%. So I kept going with this process. No joke, by the end of March, 50% of our referrals were repeat and referral from past client. And guess what? Out of that that 50%, only 50% was working with the same realtor they worked with three years ago. Ooh, you hear guys hear that? Do you hear that? It was nuts. So, I mean, I was like, oh, are you, you know, are you working with Sarah again? Uh, No, I'm actually working with my husband's buddy, blah, blah, blah. Like, because the agents aren't staying in front of their clients. They're going to find somebody else. So it was powerful. I mean, it was a powerful demonstration of not only the, the importance of staying in touch with your client, the importance of having a message that brings value so that it's actually enjoyable for you to do it because you're serving and then ultimately not losing out on that business, but get your lenders involved. Why can't all lenders be doing this and make sure that you're all, if you both collectively are consistent with your past client follow-up, then even better. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, could your lender commit to that? You know, I mean, it's a no brainer. Yeah, I, exactly. And you know, one, one thing I will say to that is, and this applies to real estate as well, when it comes to just executing on most strategies like video and social media and things like that, or just being a lender, the reality is you and I stand out because our industry's old school. Like they just, they're not evolving as fast as real estate. However, it's the exact same thing in real estate. Like you sit and listen to these podcast agents, you go to uh, uh, seminars and you go to networking events and you, and you go to a lab coded LCA one event or lab code agents live or whatever. And you sit and listen to this stuff from experts who are executing. And then you think to yourself, oh man, well, everybody's doing video now, but the reality is they're not everybody is, is, is behind the times. Nobody's doing it. Don't let that be your excuse. Do this stuff. I mean, this, just this, this idea, the, the yellow page strategies, what I call it now, uh, is, is kind of old school, super old school. And I guarantee if you go out and interview a hundred agents tomorrow, probably not one of them is executing it. And they're definitely not executing it at the level that Aaron is where she takes it to where it, and, and she makes it, to where it, it's perpetual and it never dies. And you can pull it back out in a year and use and use it as an excuse to touch your past clients to refresh your list. You could do that every damn year. You could do that twice a year. You could do you could do it as often as you need to. Uh, and then the biz card, the business card binders, that's a great idea. 
mean, that's super simple where you stay top of mind, but you, and it doesn't have to be that. It could just be a sexy little marketing piece that, that has, that's branded to you and it has this list and they put it in the refrigerator, they hang it in their office and mm-hmm. you're top of mind all the time. There's so much we could take with this. So, and we're running out of time. So I wanted to ask you a couple of things. One, um, did you have anything else to add uh, on this topic? Because again, I think there's at least three or four powerful things that every agent or lender could be taking from this and executing today. So the last piece I'll share with you that was really powerful with this process is that when I mentioned earlier that a lot of us have this one-way street of we give that list and they put it on their fridge, right? And that's really cool. What is the depth of your relationship with the people that are making it onto your list? And could you teach them this same strategy? So I sat down with a newborn wedding, a family photographer who was 26 years old at the time. And I said to her, where does all your business come from? And she said, pretty much Google. And I said, really? I'm like, you don't, ha- you don't keep in touch with your clients? I mean, your product is artwork in their homes, which means that every time friends and family come into your home, they see your product and admire it, the family photos. And like, you're not keeping in touch. And of course, like everybody else, she was embarrassed and afraid of sales. Now we as realtors and lenders in this industry, we get a lot of opportunity to receive coaching and guidance and mentoring and all this stuff. And we have access to a lot of business development coaching, right? Even for free. A lot of other self-employed entrepreneurs do not. And so what I said to her was, what if you just adopted the same script? What if you said to your clients after you deliver their photos, hey, this may seem, ugh, can't talk. This may seem kind of random as, a, as your family photographer, but if you ever need anything, whether it be financial services, a realtor, lender, health and wellness, you know, you name it, I actually have a referral directory of trusted local service providers, and I'd love to be a resource to you above and beyond just shooting your, your photos. And then she hands them a list of all of her people. Well, guess what happened? Think outside the box here, guys. A newborn wedding and family photographer is a perfect example of somebody who is serving your target market, okay? She is working with people that are getting married and having growing families, which typically means selling and buying real estate. Additionally, she's a high-cost photographer, so she's working with a certain net worth type of human being that can afford potentially higher-cost homes, right? So within a year, she ended up referring six transactions for over $500,000 to myself and the realtor that we were friends with at the time. Additionally, think about this, the handyman, that's a luxury. If you could help that handyman with their business strategy, give them the same script, teach them how to build their business by referral, by telling their clients, I'm a resource above and beyond just being your handyman. And then they start to build that relationship with their clients and have opportunity to, to build referral business. Handyman is a luxury, serving a certain target market, correct? I mean, everybody else would DIY it. Otherwise, you know, people don't hire handymans unless they can afford to. Massage therapists, acupuncture, hairdressers, these are all luxuries. And I think that we, in our industry, we discount these quote-unquote vendors that we send business to. And we, we discount the fact that we're all serving, in a, lot of time, in a lot of cases, the same target market. So can we teach them this strategy? and let them build their business by referral. And in doing so, who are they grateful to? You. Right? 
I, I, th- I think that's brilliant. I think actually that just became the biggest takeaway from this podcast. What is the depth of your relationship with your referral network? Because I guarantee I'm calling you out, you, whoever you are, you're going to be a lazy ass. You're going to go, you're going to walk away from this podcast and be like, oh yeah, I need to send out that list and give it to everybody at closing. But what is, this is my challenge to you. What is the depth of your relationship with each one of those persons you're putting on that list? You're totally missing the boat if you're just handing out a list. Aaron, that was freaking brilliant. I love it. Thank you. So for the cliff notes of this, there is a free five-step guide. It's called the free fun and easy five-step guide to more referrals. And you can download that from my website, pursuingfreedom.com. You can also find the free, um, if there's like somewhere in the drop-down menu, it says build your tribe. You just print that out. You print it out, you put it on your desk, and you let those blank spaces on the list taunt you. Fill it in with however many people you already have relationships with in those industries, and then make it your mission to complete the list. If you make it your mission to complete the list over the course of the next 30 days, I guarantee you the fourth quarter could be the best quarter of your year. I love it. I absolutely love it. So before uh, we wrap up here, I do have one more question because Tristan is a book nerd. I wish I was like Tristan in this regard. Uh, But you mentioned two books during the podcast. I want to repeat them for anybody who missed it. One was Seven Levels of Communication uh, by Michael Mayer. What was the first one again? Was it The Go-Giver? Yes, The Go-Giver. That's the one that kind of changed your life, right? And who's the the author? his, His name is, well, there's two authors, Bob Berg and John David Mann. And I actually just interviewed Bob Berg on the podcast. So if you want to hear from him directly, you can find that. I think it's episode number 56 or something on the Pursuing Freedom podcast right before yours. Awesome. awesome. So yeah, he's great. And it's then a, it's, um, a, it's a great lead in. It's a great lead in to a great guest. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. And if you, and if you want the, the, the deep dive with this strategy in the book, Pursuing Freedom, there's a lot there. The scripts are there step-by-step all kinds of ideas on how to market your tribe once you've built the tribe and how to use that to stay visible. And this was all before video and social media was really a huge part of our business. So social media just enhances this. Absolutely. And I love the video. I love social media, but you've got to be a little bit grassroots too. You got to really build relationships with people. So don't just have them follow you, but like engage with people, meet them face to face and find out what their issues are, be a resource, find the action item and be a problem solver nobody will ever forget the way you helped them. Like the Maya Angelou quote, it's like people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And you can make people feel amazing and make yourself unforgettable by being a resource to everyone you meet in this way. I love it. I love it. And you're right. Social media and video are just a way to multiply. It's just a way to take it to new, new levels. That's a whole nother topic for another day. Aaron, thank you for being on. So for, for our guests, uh, you've mentioned it before, but say it again. If they want to find you, if they want to get a hold of you, what are the best places that they can find you? Obviously, you mentioned your website again. Uh, give that to us. Oh, yeah. So you can contact me through the website, pursuingfreedom.com. I'm on Instagram at pursuingfreedomofficial. I am on Facebook at Aaron Bradley pursuing freedom. So yeah. And you can email me Aaron B at fairwaymc.com. I'm uh, I'm always happy to be a resource and bounce ideas with people. I love this stuff and uh, I get high from it. So if anybody wants to talk shop and strategy, call me. I love it. You and I could geek out for days at a time <laughs> talking about this stuff. I know. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, it's, it's been an honor to have you on as always to our audience. If you love what you hear with this podcast, please share it. 
uh, let let uh, let the rest of the industry know. Don't keep it a secret. Uh, obviously, Lab Code Asians comes from this exact same mindset, which is coming from a place of contribution, just trying to give back, just trying to help the industry be better. And um, and we love it. Uh, we we love we love the growth, and we love the sharing, and we love people like Aaron Bradley being on and sharing what they've done. Uh, Rags Riches story. It's absolutely awesome. Aaron, thank you again, and um, I look forward to staying in touch. Definitely. Thank you so much, Jeff, and thank you all for tuning in today. Agents Podcast.